and just realizing, my goodness gracious, that worship rocked me. <laughs> it fits perfectly with what we're talking about. And so uh, the sermon is about a new net, and specifically is about restoration. So, and the reason we're talking about this is because God is in the restoration business. So, have you guys, has anybody ever done anything restoration-wise? Has, like, I have this, I want you, can you show this uh, chunk of wood up here that, that I ended up? Some of you guys know I have, like, this 200-year-old house. We're ripping out walls, all sorts of other things. So, this is a board that I ended up saving from the, from the house because uh, I had to move a wall a little ways. And I saw value in this, in this board. Now, the house being 200 years old, I don't know. This tree could be 300 years old. I don't know. So I don't want to just pitch it away. There's so much use that could be had for it. So a lot of other people, they just see that, and they just say, oh, man, forget that. I'm going to throw that over into the bonfire or something, you know, and, and, and we'll use it for a short period of time. But I just saw so much more purpose in it. And I think God sees the same thing in us. So the next picture, when you see it, this is a little further along in the process. So now, just kind of working it out. Now I'm not, I'm not a professional woodworker by any means. I just love seeing something be repurposed. And then this is the final, if you can show the next picture here. So this is what it ended up looking like when it was all in. So I saw a purpose because I put it, I took it out from one section of the house and I saw this other part. I was like, oh man, my, my kids, they need a desk so they can have their own area to kind of work and, and do some different things. And so we designed the house specifically so that they could use this area that would not otherwise be used. And so this is, this is how it got repurposed here. So we find things on the side of the road. People throw away the craziest things. We're like, oh, man, we could use that. And sometimes it kind of backfires. I don't know if that happens to anybody else, but it happens to me. But I want to I take us through this little bit of a walk through Peter specifically. And Peter is just this, he's a disciple. And one thing before, I, I'm going to be inter, interchanging the word Simon, or the name Simon and Peter, because it's the same individual, just based on where he's at in the restoration process. And so as we're reading through some of the different scriptures and such, if I ever say Simon or Peter, it's the same individual, okay? So I don't want to get anybody lost in that. But I want you to see just how how different the restoration process can look like in, in this. So Matthew 16, 13, it says, Jesus asked his disciples. Disciples is kind of like a student. So Jesus handpicked a handful of disciples because he saw purpose in them. So he picks um, Peter right here, and he says he gets a variety of answers when he was asking this question, who are people saying that I am? Some of, the, some of the people are saying, you're Elijah, you're Moses, all these great heroes of the Bible. But then what Peter said is he says, you are the Christ, the Savior, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, he said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. Peter meaning, his name literally means Petra, which means rock. And so he says, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. We're gathered here today because a flawed individual, Jesus saw potential, and he restored him to such a degree that we are still here understanding the truth of Jesus, what he has done in our lives today. 
So we look at this. Now, this is a really great moment of it. But now, if we end up uh, fast-forwarding just a handful of verses, Jesus is specifically talking about what he is going to do and how he's going to bring this restoration about. And that we just finished uh, the Passion Week. And so we know about like his sacrifice on the cross and, and all of that. So when he says this to Peter, it doesn't fit within his formulated like theology in his head. This is how he had seen it. And he starts rebuking Jesus saying, let it not be so. And this is Jesus' response. Now this is 10 verses later in Matthew 16, 23. And reminding, I want to remind you, he just said that you're the rock and on this rock, I'm going to build my church upon. Ten verses later, he says, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things that are of God, but those that are of men. Now, it seems kind of harsh, but Jesus knows what he has to do for us to be put in the right relationship. And so in that moment, that was, that was not a real great moment for him. And so sometimes you guys and myself might get Stuck in this thought, it's like, oh man, I really messed that up. Okay, But remember, we're, we're not done. God's not done restoring us yet. He's going to be stretching us. So I want you guys to, to take a look over here at Luke 5.4. It says, when he had finished speaking, this is, uh, to preface this, this is one of the first, uh, this is the calling of Peter. So it's not the first time that that he had seen Jesus, but this is when he is known as Simon. When you finish speaking, Jesus' teaching, he turned around and he said to Simon, he said, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, he said, Master, we've been working hard all night. We haven't caught a single thing. And the thing is, if you're, if you're fishing during the night, you don't catch anything. You don't go out during the day. You're, you're just not going to have luck. Okay, so Simon... He's been a fisherman his whole life. He understands this. But he says, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught a thing. But because you said so, and I can imagine a little bit of this awkward silence right here. But because you said so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Okay? So here's, here's what I want you guys to understand. There's, there's something that we can be prepared for in all of our like ability. We can do something for our entire lives, and we can be ready for that. So Simon, being a fisherman, he is ready for this. He is ready to catch fish. That's what he does. However, he's not ready for a God-sized catch. Okay? So he let it down. They caught such, an, such a large number of fish that his nets began to break. So he called over his buddies, and they came over, and they filled both of the boats now. And they began to sink. So this is Peter's size as far as like, you know what, this is a great cat. Oh, no, I'm in trouble now. And so he's like, okay, come on over, help me out, guys. And they hadn't caught anything all day, but now they're sinking because of this. This is a God-sized catch. Something clicks for him. So then he turns around, he comes over, and as they, as they get in, Simon Peter saw this. He fell at Jesus' knees, and he said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Also were James, John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And Jesus told them, here's, here's the higher calling that Jesus is calling him to. 
He says, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. Okay? So keep in mind, this is a process. This isn't something that just happens like right now and then you're, you're totally transformed. It's, you can get on fire and, and you can be transforming. Transforming is not like the movie Transformers where you just like a couple seconds and, you know, the sounds that you guys are about my age when you're and you're done, right? And you, you time how fast you can do it. It's not that fast, okay? We're, we're going through this over a period of time. But what he's looking for is in Luke 5.8 when he says, Depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Because this moment of humility is exactly what Jesus was after. Because that's a teachable spirit. And within that, he can, he can start maneuvering us towards our higher calling. So if we look at, um, now I'm going to fast forward a little bit. We're looking at Peter now. He's further along in his journey. But he's, he's got this confidence at a whole different level. This confidence that he had was still within his own abilities, but this also ended up becoming his lowest point when he ended up saying, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. But in Luke 22:34, Jesus responded to him. He says, I tell you, Peter, that before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. So the thing about it is, is that, Peter did. He denied even knowing Jesus three times. Okay? So here's when we're when we're looking at this, this is such a beautiful thing because Jesus, he still believes in Peter, even though he knows that he is going to fail. He knows it. But he still sees Peter's potential. He doesn't see him where he's at, he sees him further along in the process. You see, this was a spiritual battle. Okay, one to an extent that he was not ready for. He still hadn't wrapped his, heads around, his head around it. And so Peter believed that he was ready, but he didn't realize he had a broken net. Okay, so this is, this is a proverbial broken net. He wasn't ready for what came. But if we back up just a tiny bit more, Luke 22, 31, Jesus, we can see this, this moment where he is telling him about this. He says, Simon, listen, Satan has demanded to have you to sift as wheat. But I have prayed for you that you will have faith and you will and you may not fail. And when you have repented, strengthen your brothers. Okay, so if you read into that a little bit and you and you look into that, he knows that he is going to fail, but he's still he's still teaching him. He's still, okay, when this happens, I want you to do this. So when he says, when you have repented, strengthen your brothers. Okay? So he knows that this is going to happen. Peter's like, nope, no way. I, I got this. You know, I got your back. But I can see myself in Peter. I don't know if you guys can, but Peter is one of, one of my go-tos in the Bible. When I need to see, like, just the rawness, the complete rawness, either all in or, you know what, hey, I'm going to make a mistake at 100 100 miles an hour, my coach used to say that. And it's as long as you're still, you know what, hey, I messed up, but I'm, I'm going to keep on working through this restoration process. I'm going to keep on working on my net, so to speak. We're looking at this. I, I can be sure of my own abilities. I can believe that I can do all of this, and then I can totally fall flat on my face. I can be, when I was younger, I'd study accidentally for the wrong test because I wrote down the wrong thing or 
I could say, you know what, I don't have time to do this. I've got so much other stuff. You know, I, I got this test. I'll be fine. Uh, not training for an event like a, a race or a competition or something to the extent that I should or hiking the Grand Canyon with my wife and then just realizing, oh, shoot, I've done this before, but, man, this, this time is different, you know, and uh, that, was, that was a humbling experience. We weren't married at the time. That was a very humbling experience. So we look at Luke 22, 23, what it says when he says, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. This is right, this is right before the Garden of Gethsemane. Twelve verses later, after he says this, twelve verses later, Jesus, he rose from prayer and he, come, he had come to his disciples and he found them sleeping from sorrow. He said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you fall into temptation. God is going to stretch us, okay? So along the journey, wherever you're at in your journey, God is going to end up stretching us, okay? He stretched Peter like crazy, and he's going to stretch us as well. But during that stretching, we are being transformed. So the thing about it, and I, some of you guys know that I do some training stuff as well. Some of you that are not very flexible, stretching, it hurts, right? It does not feel very comfortable. But then after you're done with it, you start, you start wondering, you're like, why didn't I do this before? I feel so much better, right? You're, you're further along. Your, your joints are able to work in a lot better way than, than what they were before. You don't have the tightnesses that you just kind of grew accustomed to. It's the same thing in our spiritual walk. So the, the initial process doesn't feel good, but later it, it really does. So what happened is that Peter reacted and he found himself on unstable ground because he was unprepared. So Jesus was telling him to pray, and, and yes, he had spent time with Jesus, but this was another aspect of it, and Jesus gave him a battle plan for this, but he just wasn't ready. And so what he did is he reacted in a way that he was prepared for. Again, Peter didn't realize that he had a broken net in this moment, but Jesus was not done transforming him. You see, he went from the rock bottom moment. Peter, again, you remember Peter Petra is rock. He went from the rock bottom moment of this where he denied even knowing Jesus. And this, this individual that was at the lowest of the low in his walk right now, when he denied his Savior, he ended up becoming the rock that the church was built upon. That was what his calling was. You see, in Romans 12 too, it tells us, do not be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So we have to continue to remind ourselves to renew our minds constantly to make sure that we are where we need to be. Okay, so we are ready when things don't go according to plan. You see, so there's there's three different things I want to end up like mentioning to you guys. You're at, you might wonder, okay, what is this restoration process kind of look like? So one of the things I want to end up telling you is the first thing that you've got to be able to do is you've got to be able to ground yourself in Scripture, and you've got to be able to connect with the Father's heart. Okay? You'll hear me refer to like the Father's heart. This is like Abba, Father. So Abba is a word uh, that kind of means there's a, there's a certain level of intimacy that happens within this. And this intimacy, it's like saying Daddy. Or like my, my girls, I had a very close relationship with uh, my mom's foster father, and we always called him Papa. 
So if you guys have been around the church, you'll see my kids running around, Papa, Papa, Papa. You know, that's, I, I wanted that. I yearned for that. So there's that intimacy within that. So it's kind of like saying Daddy God, you know. And so the reason why this is so important, because God the Father is one of the parts of the Godhead. Jesus himself was continually trying to search and connect with the Father's heart. So as that's part of the connection. Now Jesus, when he left, when, when he ended up dying on the cross, and then he sent a helper, that helper is the Holy Spirit. So we've got to have a healthy relationship with those three parts. That's, that's all of God. Okay? Otherwise, we don't, get the full, we don't get the full meal deal, if you know what I mean. Okay? So we have to seek the Father's heart in that. And so Jesus, what he, what he saw is he saw potential, even when the broken net was there. Okay? He still didn't, he saw it as a restored net. He saw him as Peter. He didn't see him as Simon. So when people change their names in the Bible, you'll see these. You'll see this as part of the transformation. There's, there's multiple other instances, and I wish I had time to do it, but I don't, uh, to explain some of this name-like giving processes. But the second part, I'm going to go to the second part for you guys. And this is about forgiveness. So if you've been here for a little while, we've been kind of talking about this forgiveness. And the reason why it's so important, because it places a bin, like a barrier, I mean. It places this barrier between us and being able to actually connect with God. So we've been talking about forgiving others, okay? But when's the last time that you have forgiven yourself? That's, that's one of the things that I really struggle with myself. Okay, I mean, it's, it's part of that process is to be able to forgive ourselves. Because if we can't forgive ourselves, how are we going to be able to extend the forgiveness to others? And how are we going, if it's ourselves within that forgiveness and we, and we have that barrier there, how are we going to be able to connect with the Father and with the Godhead in, in the right way? So my question is, if you were the person like me that keeps on saying it and the athletes on TV, when you hear them say, you know what, I'm my own worst critic, and you know what, maybe you need to tone it down a little. Maybe you need to not be your own worst critic, okay? Don't speak words that down your value because God sees you as transformed, okay? So don't down yourself because you were a child of God. That's the song that rocked me, by the way. So 2 Corinthians 3.18, what it says is it says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Okay, So we're being called to a higher standard constantly as we are within our walk with God. So now, we remove that forgiveness barrier within ourselves specifically because we've been working on forgiveness of others, now ourselves, now the barriers is starting to be removed more. Now the third part is seeing ourselves through God's eyes. Okay, So we've got to ask for and we've got to seek the heart of God. So the things that like pains God should should cause a, like an uneasiness within our soul. It should hurt a little bit. Okay. Now, not in a bad way, not because, you know what, we need to be harsh towards other people or unforgiving or anything like that. No, because God's love extends love. And so he wants the best for us. Okay, so as we are as we are working through that, 
we've got to develop that love to be able to love through that. And the things that overjoy people, that's the things, you know, as far as like God, the things that God wants us to be able to like elevate other people up with and to lift others up with, that should just really encourage us and, and excite us. So we've got to be within that. And, the, and what I'm trying to tell you is that Peter, Peter was lacking in a moment. And some of you guys, if you're like me, you have some things that perhaps you are years and years and years back that for some reason we keep on we keep on picking it up. It, it's buried deep. It, it might even be something that you haven't even thought about for like a number of years. But you got to realize that moment doesn't define who you are, because you're part on you're part in that restoration process. Okay, so. Wherever you're at, whatever that thing is that's in the back of your head, it's like, man, I messed this up. Ain't, ain't no way that, that I can ever achieve forgiveness within that. You're, you're not there. That moment doesn't define you because in John 19.30, when Jesus said that it is finished, he meant it. You know, we, so we end up looking at this, we end up looking at this like concept of forgiveness and how it can separate us from God. And we can try and put Jesus back up on that cross He's not going to go up there because he's already paid for it. He's already, it's, it's already won and done. He paid with a currency because of his holiness that they used to in Old Testament times. They had to cover their sins with like sacrificial offerings. So it might be a spotless lamb or it might be something else. But within that, what we are looking at is not living in our past hurts. Learn from them, grow from them, but don't dwell on that because Jesus and his sacrifice has already paved the way. It's already been paid. So when you ask for forgiveness, don't turn around and don't keep on circling around and picking that up. Instead, it changed the currency. So now we're called to offer our, our fears, our failures, our pride, our uh, whatever else that it is, we're called to lay that down at Jesus' feet and that is how we get into the right relationship with them now, okay? We don't have to go through all these sacrificial like things to be able to make us right within God. So in Peter's instance, when he denied Jesus and he ended up going to the cross and he died, his, his whole world was rocked, okay? So I'm going to tell you how he ended up, when his hero and his story, how he was supposed to, like come and save Israel from like the Roman occupancy and all of this kind of stuff and how he formulated in his mind didn't happen the way that he thought. He did the same thing that you and I will do. And I'll, I'll show you this. If we look at John 21, it says, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. So Simon Peter was there and all of his buddies were there with him. He said, I'm going to go fish. His buddies ended up telling him, he said, you know what? We'll go with you. Because they're all in mourning. There's a, they're, they need to be together. Okay? So there's, they need to be like knitted together in this time of grief. So they're going back to what they are familiar with. So don't fast forward through this too quick because there's, there's some really amazing points in here. It says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. So he called out to him. He said, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Throw your net on the right side, and you will find some. Again, this is that different currency that I was just talking about. 
Jesus' sum is a little more than other people's sum, okay? When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. You're saying, you know what, didn't you already read this? This is, this is a little further in the story. So this is a different instance. As soon as they saw this, it clicked for them too. And they were like, hey, wait a second. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say this, that it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and he jumped in the water and the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. Okay, so as they ended up coming across, Peter in his spontaneity that I love so much about him just dove into the water. He's like, I got to get to Jesus. I, I got to leave everything. I got to get over to Jesus. And so when they did, and they got over to him in verse 10, it says, Jesus said to them, bring some fish. You've just caught. And so Simon Peter climbed back in. Jesus is probably like, hey, you know what? You left him over there. How about you help him haul it in, would you? So they hauled him in, and it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. I want you guys to think about that, okay? The difference, a small little thing. If you're flying through the story and you're just kind of plowing through scripture, which sometimes there's a time and a place for that. But if you're just going through it, you're going to miss this part right here. It said that the net was not torn. Now this time, this was still, this was a God-sized catch. Okay? Now the difference is before, it was a God-sized catch and his nets were ripping. Like they were destroyed is what I would probably say they, they were. This time, it was not torn. So then they had some breakfast, they went through, and this is where Jesus is reinstituting Peter into his calling. Because Peter returned to what he could control. He returned to what was comfortable, is another way of looking at it. And so when you're looking at what is comfortable, what can I do, what can I, all of these other things, if God is working on your heart and he's calling you to something else, this is, this is how it can look. So when they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Meaning the fish, okay? Now you've been here before. You remember, he's jogging his memory a little bit here. He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So he tells him the first time, he says, feed my lambs. Second time, he says it again. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. Okay, so this is the second time. Third time's going to hurt a little bit. Because how many times did, uh, did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Okay, so this is the third time. So now this is jogging something a little further than what he was comfortable with. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And it says Peter was hurt. I'm guessing he was crushed. I'm guessing he, he was completely destroyed at this point. Because he starts getting a little more defensive, if you can read. He says, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. He says, feed my sheep. And then immediately after, he says, follow me. Because you're trying to do things the way that you can handle. But I've got something so much deeper for you. So, so you said you would follow me anywhere, and you're not totally restored yet. You're, you're a work in progress. You're a human becoming. You're not. You're, right now, you're being a human being. You're not a human becoming because I'm calling you to so much more. Because he returned to what he knew and was comfortable with him. And we do that same thing. In his instance, 
it was fishing. For some other people, it might it might be just avoidance. It might be, you know what, busyness, getting busy at work versus working on your marriage or something like that. I, I don't know what it looks like. It looks like different things for different people. But you got to realize that Peter spent a lot of time with Jesus. And there's this verse in Proverbs 27, 17 that is etched forever in my heart. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so is one man sharpen another. So when you're being called to bigger things, deeper things, when you feel like your world is out of control and you're trying to control it the best way that you can, you know what, maybe, maybe this happened and yes, I, I responded in that way and now this person won't ever forgive me. Well, that's you got to lay that down. you you gotta, you got to go on beyond that. Okay? So within that, you got to remember, further along in the restoration process, your net is going to be strengthened. It's going to be a new net that Jesus gives you. Okay? So when you're further along in that process, you're going to be called to different things. You're going to be called to deeper things. You're going to be called to get stretched and feel really uncomfortable at times. You see, Peter's time, just like our time, when you're spending this time it's with God, it is not wasted. Your prayer time, your scripture time, you're delving out forgiveness, you're forgiving yourselves, you're, you're visiting the past, and you know what? This person from a long time ago that might live on the other side of the country that you ended up hurting, you know what? You, it sounds weird. They hurt me a long time ago, and, and that ache is in there still. You need to be able to forgive them. It's a restoration that it's symbolic in nature that it didn't break, but it is so true in our lives. It's a new net that helps us to be able to, to just do life the way that God intended it to be. Shoulder to shoulder with other people that are struggling. Shoulder to shoulder with people that, that say, you know what, you guys are judgmental or, or whatever this. You can't control what happened in the past. Okay? It's, it's, it's there, it's been paid for, and it's done. Okay, But what you can control is you can love people the way that Jesus did. When they spit on him and they mocked him in his face and all these other things, he still said, Father, forgive them. That's what we're being called to do. He sees your potential. He doesn't see you, you as a mess up or a failure. He doesn't see that at all. He'll give you that new net. We can be blind and deaf to our own situations, so sometimes we need to be shoulder to shoulder with other people. And when somebody else is close to us says something that kind of hurts, we need to step back a little bit, remove ourselves from the situation, and just say, you know what, hey, is there any truth in that? So that's, that's sometimes how we have to look at it. So my question for you is, what is God calling you back? If there's a stirring in your heart right now, and God is like, and you feel the presence of God just over you right now, and you're like, what is God calling you back from? God's calling you. He's, he's communicating with you in the way that is stirring in your heart. Go and search for that, all right? You might be thinking, you know what? Hey, I've met, you don't understand how much of a mess up I was. Look at Peter. He denied even knowing Jesus three times during the time when he was like, you know what, I'll... I'll Go to the death for you. I'll do everything with you. And he saw the Savior, but he, he just struggled with that. If he can forgive Peter, he can forgive you. Okay? 
So let's not, let's not just continue to wallow in that. Let's start getting ready for a God-sized catch. Let's not be stuck with our original net that broke. So one of the things I want you guys to, um, as we start getting ready for communion here, there's a song called Forgiven by Crowder. I want you to kind of think of it in some of the context of what we just like talked about here as far as like either the forgiveness aspect, if that is something, forgiving yourself, that that just kind of rung within you or however it is, just prepare your hearts for this song as you start preparing to get ready for communion. <laughs>